everyone, welcome to Housewives Tonight. I'm your host, Rit. So happy to have you here. This is a little a little mini episode because I had a lot of thoughts about the shows we've been watching this week, and I am fortunate enough to be doing a couple of guest spots on some really cool podcasts that I will sort of let those podcasts announce whenever they are ready to post. But I will be recapping this week's shows more in depth with other folks, but I still wanted to just kind of uh, top line, as they say, my thoughts on Dallas and Jersey and a little bit of that Salt Lake reunion from last week. But before I do that, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Wives Tonight. If you are an Apple podcast uh, user, please hop on there and give me a little rating and a comment. I hate asking for that. It's so pathetic, but it is very helpful to get the podcast heard. Uh, Very fun interviews coming up. My next episode is an interview with Hannah Ferrier from Below Deck, who is only the best person ever. And uh, I will be also doing a guest spot on her podcast as well called Dear Diary, You're Effed, which please find that podcast if you can. She reads from her diary as a kid and kind of like realizes how many of those things that she was, you know, fretting about as a kid still kind of carry on into her adult years. And anyone who has kept a diary or who had a childhood or awkward adolescent years can probably uh, relate to that podcast. And it's really fun. And her co-host, Justin, is also the coolest guy ever. So please check out that podcast. I will be on that soon. I have more interviews down the line. Hopefully uh, every Friday, I hope to bring you an interview with another uh, unscripted uh, talent, on-screen talent, which is what I've wanted to do all along. So it's really exciting that it's finally happening. So thanks for joining me on the ride. Okay, that's the housekeeping stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, let's start with Jersey. I do feel like we have been kind of uh, tricked a little bit because that premiere was so wonderful and everyone was talking about it. I have to say, though, a lot of people were saying it was like the best premiere ever. It, it, it was fine. I mean, Teresa, you know, yelled a bunch of words and obviously Jackie kind of threw some stuff at her that was a little from left field. But like, it was fine, guys. It wasn't like the best thing ever. Since that episode, we have been on a bit of a downward trajectory or rather we're just kind of in like a straight line where not really much is happening. And perhaps the biggest offense to me was that this whole Melissa, Joe, uh, Melissa's flirting with the bartender, all of that stuff was all a prank. Which, And not only that, then Joe carried it over to the other men of the show and pranked them as well. So do you mean to tell me that that's just not a thing? I mean, people were saying already that they thought it was kind of bullshit from the trailer. I chose to be naive and pretended that it was really going to be a storyline, but I guess it's not. So that really felt like a slap in the face. And the rest of this Jackie Teresa stuff, I mean, Jackie actually really did us dirty by not coming to the trip because, first of all, they probably would have gone at it again for our amusement, but they probably would have come to some sort of very tentative resolution if Jackie was there. But now it's just like everyone trying to tell Teresa to apologize and Margaret being like, she'll never apologize. Teresa's not the brightest. She'll never apologize. Like, it's funny that Margaret keeps commenting on how unintelligent she thinks Teresa is, but like... It's getting very repetitive, right? Everything is starting to feel the same. Teresa is Teresa. She's never going to back down. She's never going to show any vulnerability. Now it's become on Jackie to apologize. And I have to say, I don't actually really buy that Evan is that pissed about these rumors. 
To me, it feels like it's more of an ego thing where Jackie wants... Listen, Jackie has been a Teresa fan from the beginning, right? We've all seen the picture of her and Teresa at that book signing. So I think there is something in Jackie that's like, if I can get Teresa Judice to apologize to me, that will be the ultimate. I will be the first person who have done it. And, you know, so I... I am still Team Jackie in this situation. I think what Teresa did was really kind of like silly. And, you know, she she spread a rumor. She denied it, even though she did. It's on camera. So, yes, of course, Teresa owes Jackie an apology. But there is something about this that feels like it's coming from Jackie and not from Evan. And I think that there is some currency for Jackie to extract an apology out of Teresa. Because who really has been able to extract a meaningful apology out of Teresa since we've known her? Right. Even if she does apologize, it feels like a bunch of bullshit. Like, I'm I just want to move forward. I just want to move forward. I don't want to live in the past. Let's work. You know, I want to be good again. Like, that's the best you're going to get out of her. And that's likely if she ever does apologize to Jackie, that's the most we're going to get out of her. So in that sense, history is sort of repeating itself. And I don't think Jackie is doing herself any favors by being like, I need you to clear Evan's name, which also like, I don't even know what that means. Clear Evan's name. She's she's like, I need you to apologize to Evan and I need you to clear his name. I think what she's saying is like, I need you to say on camera that this was a rumor. So, and I think in Teresa's brain somewhere in there, she's like, well, it's a rumor I heard and I shared it with the group. And so how can I deny that it's not a lie? I didn't make it up. Somebody told this to me. So what do you want me to say? Like, oh, I didn't hear this from someone because if, if she did hear it from someone, what is she supposed to say? Like, I guess I guess what she should say is, I'm sorry I brought it to the group and I'm sorry I spread it around. But you know, this becomes the age-old housewives thing of like, but then you did this in response and that's worse, so now you need to apologize first. It's just we're going in circles and circles and it's not really getting us anywhere. I also found Jennifer to be a bit of a mute on this trip. Like, she wasn't really participating and wasn't really super active in that whole storyline, which I thought was interesting. Now, of course, she has her side thing with Melissa. I mean, this Jackie-Melissa thing, to me, feels like it's so forced, and they're just, like, making these really half-assed jabs at each other that they're, they're not clever, they're not funny, and they don't feel like they're coming from a real place of resentment. And by the way, I love that Melissa was like, what was that word that, oh yeah, she's like, this season, she's like, do you still think I'm self-absorbed? And she sounded it out because last season at the reunion, she was like, you think I'm self-absorbed with a V. So I like that Melissa made the effort to correct her how she says that word this time. Anyway, I just find this whole thing of like someone brought this information to me and it's about the fact that Joe didn't pay such and such person. And uh, it's starting to feel like we're just going down the same road again of like information was brought to me. Do I tell the person? Do I not? It is starting to feel like we're getting into the same housewives tropes a little bit and that we're really, uh, Jennifer is really trying to push some extra story outside of her family story with Melissa. And the problem with Melissa is that with the exception of last season, was it, or was it two seasons ago when Melissa like went around the table and almost like fought Jackie, uh, sorry, Jennifer, no, Jackie, no, Jennifer, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this. Sorry. I noticed last episode, I also flipped the two. It's just, you guys know what I'm saying. Anyway, aside from that instance, Having a storyline around Melissa is tough because Melissa is not an alpha. Like, she seems to fancy, like, all of her taglines are about, you're jealous, you have envy. It's like, I don't know that that's really true. And you're not the kind of person that inspires envy. Like, of course, she's like, you know, she's beautiful and she seems like a very nice person and all of that stuff. But she is not a standout 
unique personality. She's a little go with the flow and she's the kind of person that just responds to things as opposed to like really kind of manifesting story and like in that sense we are appreciative of Teresa who is like annoying and doesn't apologize ever but Teresa is very strong-willed and that's what always gets her into trouble whereas Melissa is more of just a reactor. So even this storyline with her quote-unquote texting the waiter or the bartender whatever which could have been great ended up being nothing because you know, good for her, she would never do that to Joe, but I was hoping we would get some some facet of Melissa's personality that we haven't seen so far. So that's kind of falling a little flat. And like, Dolores' story so far seems to be like her and Frank and the boyfriend, and it's just, I don't know. I'm gonna need something new from Jersey, and whatever that fallout is with Joe yelling at Teresa, like, I have my wife's back, your husband's a scumbag, you know, he put our mom in the ground. That is where I'm interested in being because those family dynamic storylines with Jersey were always the best. And then somewhere around the middle of the series, they really try to pivot and try to open it up to just have, being like a regular housewife show, which I guess the complaint was a lot of people who I know who don't watch housewives, a lot of people I know, I know like three people in real life who watch Bravo, period. But the people I know who don't watch Jersey don't watch it because they think it's all like the family dynamic stuff. And I guess that's why they had to broaden the casting, which is like, this is why we don't get new fresh things because networks just want to give us the familiar stuff because they're afraid of losing audiences. And so, you know, we end up with kind of more of the same. One more thing I do want to say about Dolores is I think she is always on the wrong side of every argument. And by that, I mean, she is always on Teresa's side, which more often than not is the wrong side of the argument. So Dolores being like, Jackie's being too sensitive and she's, you know, reacted over less before. I, as someone who five minutes ago said that Jackie is kind of playing a little game here, I do think that Dolores will take any reason to pile onto her. And I don't know what that's about, but she doesn't really care for Jackie. But it's also a bad look that she just blindly supports Teresa no matter what. And from what I remember, we're going to be getting some kind of deviation from that behavior this season. But Dolores is another one who is a very strong personality and is very strong-willed, and yet she's not able to generate real story outside of her own family stuff. Her stuff, her beef with Danielle, I found to be very amusing. You're a scumbag, or whatever that thing was. So I would like to see more of that from her. So here's, here's hoping we get some of that. Okay, should we rewind a little bit and talk about the end of Salt Lake City? So I found myself falling in love with Mary and her sweetness and her innocence to the point where I actually felt really bad for her because there was something about her behavior that, you know, while it's funny that she was eating snow, I don't know. There was something that was a little unsettling about her energy level and her kind of childlike innocence that did make me feel for her. And after a point, I was like, oh, are we watching a fun housewife or are we watching something a little darker and is she someone that we should really be enjoying or is she someone that maybe should not be on tv i don't know if you guys felt the same way i certainly did her husband's a bit of a weirdo he came in very hot i guess understandably because of the marriage comments okay this whole jen thing i struggle to really weigh in on it because i feel like it's not my place to say someone dm me with a very interesting viewpoint so the first thing is i did post yesterday that I thought it was a little weird for Jen to piggyback onto the whole like labeling a woman of color as angry is a very dangerous thing, which is very true, of course. 
Now, what she's saying, though, is essentially when black women are labeled that, that is very dangerous and it happens all the time. But she isn't black. She is Tongan. And I certainly would never deny that she has had horrible experiences growing up as someone looking different where she did. You know, I'm sure that came with a whole lot of trauma. Never want to take that away from her. But I do think there is a difference between the trauma that those of us who are not black but of color face versus people who are black. It's a very separate, specific kind of trauma that goes back generations in this country to when this country was pretty much founded, for God's sake. So it is a very different thing. However, somebody DM me with a very, and I would say who it is, but maybe they don't want me to share uh, who they are, but they pointed out that they knew someone in their town growing up who was Indian, and they, there were no black people in the town, or there was like one other black person in the town, and the Indian person was given the same treatment as the black person, the same racial slurs were hurled in their direction, so the treatment was was pretty much the same thing. That doesn't mean it's the same experience as the black experience, but you know, it did make me make me realize, okay, she probably does have a lot of trauma because when she went backstage and was crying to her husband, you know, it was it was tough. Like she she seemed like really genuinely upset. So there is some unaddressed trauma there. However, you cannot deny and it's on camera that she was aggressive. She was throwing things, she was shoving people out of the way, she was screaming a lot more than we see, I think, a lot of other housewives do. And so for for her to not say, yes, I behaved in a certain way, but also here's the larger story about my history and what I've been through, I think she just needed to tie those two together. Instead, she was like, why are you calling me aggressive? That's dangerous. Like, I think she needed to accept some responsibility while also shining some light on her experience as a, you know, as a woman of color where she grew up. So that's sort of what, what I want to say about that. Now there's leaked audio of her screaming at her dress designer, which I listened to 30 seconds of it, and it was so hard to listen to because it's just like very hard to hear people being spoken to that way. You know, why is that stuff coming out? What is it trying to prove? I don't know. That's kind of like murky territory that I like to stay away from, but it's not great. I mean, if you take it at face value, it's not a great look for her, and I think she definitely has some explaining to do. And she definitely has to look within. And two things can be true. You can have gone through a lot of trauma, but you can also be somebody, like, just because you go through trauma, it doesn't mean that you get a pass for all types of behavior. So I think she needs to understand that people can hear your story and hear your trauma and accept it and understand it and to an extent give you some grace for it. But ultimately, you have to take responsibility for your behavior. And part of that might be therapy and addressing why you react the way you do because you can't just carry that trauma and be like, well, I can do whatever I want because of trauma. There has to be some sort of, okay, I have trauma. How can I address it to the best of my ability so that I'm still treating the people around me with some level of respect while still while still being open about that part of my story? If that makes sense. So the whole thing feels very dark and kind of ugly, and I hope that there's some sort of turnaround next season. I am very excited for next season. I think it will be really good. Uh, I think the reunion really did. This season almost felt like a pre-reunion. I'm sorry, a pre-season where they were getting comfortable in front of the cameras. They were uh, finally settling into who they are and finding their voices, and that all came to a head in part three, and I think now we're set up for a really strong second season. 
So that's the most I want to say about that. I'm also a big fan of Heather's, and I think what's great about Heather is that she's super vulnerable, and she is very sensitive and very reactive, and that's relatable. A lot of us over maybe sometimes overreact to things or make things about ourselves because we feel like we're not being seen. And so an example is when she made the conversation about Lisa and Meredith and Lisa's sympathy for Meredith's divorce. She kind of interjected and made it about herself, which wasn't a great look because it was a little like, okay, we're not talking about you right now, but you know, her feelings are hurt. And I think there is some sort of mean girl behavior from Lisa that really triggers Heather, that triggers a lot of us who didn't, you know, who weren't the most popular in school or like, you know, didn't look a certain way or whatever. Anytime somebody who sort of like dismisses you and poo-poos your, your, you know, you as someone they never knew or whatever, that's going to sting really deeply. And I think, I think Lisa brings out a side of Heather that's a little like more of maybe how Heather used to be in the past, like maybe a little more insecure, maybe, you know, sort of like the high school version of herself, if, if that's how she was in high school, whatever. The point is, I love Heather, and I don't fault her for reacting that way, but it was interesting to see that Lisa really brings out that side of Heather, where Heather just is super insecure, and is like, what about me? What about me? Like, why can't you treat me this way? This isn't fair. And I hope that Heather lets lets that stuff go a little more next season, because I think right now she's still seeking some sort of acceptance from Lisa, and A, it's not going to happen, and B, like, why do you want it? Like, you don't need Lisa's approval. So that should be another fun dynamic to explore next season. So that's where I am with Salt Lake. And finally, I want to touch down in Dallas Town. All right, so the biggest takeaway I had from Dallas, which I did post about, was this whole Tiffany Brandy situation. So first of all, I did mention Hannah Farrier's podcast, Dear Diary, Uh, If you go back and listen to the latest episode, Cam and Carrie pop on and they actually talk about Brandy announcing her exit. They seem to think that it's not true. They think that she was up in the middle of the night feeding her baby and kind of hormonal and that's where that whole post came from. They have heard nothing about her exiting the show and they think it's not been figured out yet. So that's kind of interesting. So I don't know what that's about, if she's really leaving or whatever. Maybe Brandy knew that this next episode, the race stuff was going to come up again, and she was like dreading it and was just like, you know what, I'm done. But that's what I want to talk about, because nobody was talking about that whole Chinese impression thing that she did a while ago. Like, that was over, man. Like, Tiffany opened up to you. You shared a cry. Like, it's done. Now, if you feel like Tiffany has a problem with you, it's not about any of that, it's because she doesn't relate to your sense of humor. Now, did I find Tiffany a little judgy being like, that's how my five-year-old jokes around? Yeah, I think Tiffany needs to still loosen up a little bit and be like, you know, accept that sometimes these girls are goofy and sometimes their humor is juvenile. And if that makes them laugh, like, you don't have to laugh with them, but you also don't have to be like, this is what my five-year-old joke's about. Like, it's very kind of snooty and snobby for Tiffany to say that. I will totally grant that. However, that situation with the pills where she's like, Brandy was like, I feel like you were trying to insinuate that I was like dealing, you know, pills that weren't like whatever weren't right. It was like, that was a real reach. And so this whole situation with the video and the response Brandy got has really scarred her obviously to a deeper level where she is hyper paranoid now. But this is where we're at, where somebody cannot understand the difference between the horrible impression she did 
versus saying to Tiffany, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, like, help me understand. So do you speak Mandarin or is it Chinese? Like, just like, like, teach me, like, what's the difference? If you don't understand why one is okay and the other isn't, like, we're really starting from, we're not even starting from, like, a normal baseline. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of people like that who maybe have said something horrible and get schooled and are like, well, now I don't know what I can and cannot say. And yeah, there is no rule book about what someone will get offended by and what someone won't get offended by and what might offend one person of color wouldn't offend another person of color. There is never going to be a straight rule book for any of that stuff, okay? That's just, we all need to accept that there's never going to be, like, don't wait around for that that checklist of what you can and cannot say. It's not going to happen. The only way you're going to learn is by making those mistakes in your life and not by doing those impressions, but if you feel asking that question about the language is offensive, just ask it and preface it with, I'm just trying to learn. If that person is still super offended and cannot give you the answer you want, which I'm sure Tiffany would have given her the answer she wanted, if that person is nasty to you and shoots you down for trying to learn, then that's on them at that point. Then you just kind of move on and that's maybe not a person for you, okay? If someone doesn't want to like answer your question or be helpful, then... That's kind of up to you if that's a person that you want to keep around. But the solution is not to shut that person out or shut down around them completely. And the solution is certainly not to bring up the initial situation and say like, well, I don't know what's okay now. Because now you have put Tiffany in an awkward position where everyone's looking at her like, oh God, like see Tiffany, you had such an issue with this and now it's awkward. Now she can't be herself, which I don't think anyone was doing at the table, but if you're a person of color and someone like brings up like, I just don't know how to act around you now, it makes the group dynamic very awkward. And then the responsibility, it feels like it's your fault because you voiced your opinion about something that was offending you. Now it's like, well, great. Now I fucked up the whole dynamic. Now this person feels uncomfortable around her own friends because of me and I should have never said anything. Luckily, Tiffany held her ground and told Brandy like, I'm good with you. I don't think you're racist. I don't think you're malicious. Like, I'm good. So now the ball is in Brandy's court to frankly get the fuck over it and to be comfortable with the fact that she might make mistakes and that Tiffany is not going to drag her or shoot her down for it. And again, let's just say Tiffany did, then at least you tried and you made the effort and you were being yourself. But this concept of like, I can't be myself anymore around Tiffany, what were you planning on doing around Tiffany that Tiffany could get offended by? I just don't understand. So, you know... And Brandy's post of, like, Jesus and Christianity and all this stuff is great, and I think religion is wonderful and, like, definitely necessary for a lot of people, and and I don't frown upon that, you know, or judge that at all. That's your religion. But religion is not a substitute for educating yourself about people who are different than you. It's not, like, that's great. You can, you know, you can quote the Bible and stuff, but where are you doing the work to educate yourself and to you know, to do better in the future, I don't really know. Maybe she is and we just don't know about it, but I would rather like to see her talk about what she's doing to better herself and to learn more instead of quoting the Bible. Like, that's not a substitute for education when it comes to, like, when it comes to race and understanding how to communicate with people in your life who are different than you. So not a great episode for Brandy overall. Still hoping she can turn it around. The lesson here is if you're a person of color, don't look at this situation and be afraid to speak up if you feel offended by something. And by the way, the rules have not changed, and it's not that now everyone is offended by everything. It's that people who before wouldn't speak up about feeling offended because they didn't want to make things awkward now finally have the confidence to speak up and say, hey, I don't love that. This doesn't feel great. 
So let's not phrase it as, oh, now everyone, the rules are different now. Everyone's uncomfortable with everything. No one can say anything now. No, people are just now feeling secure enough to speak up. And that should be respected instead of like getting an eye roll of like, oh, great. Guess we guess we can't say anything now. We have to be very careful. Like certain comedians who are coming out and saying like, well, like the guy who directed uh, Joker, Todd Phillips, was like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't make jokes anymore because everyone is so sensitive. It's like, if you feel like you can't, do your craft, you can't practice your craft, or if you feel like you can't move around in society as yourself because you're afraid of offending people, then it's time to look at yourself and not blame the people around you for making things uncomfortable for you. Because the people who have been uncomfortable this whole time are now finally speaking up. And that's okay, okay? That's allowed, guys. (laughs) All right, so... That's all I got for my recaps today. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Wives Tonight. Interview Friday is just around the corner. Like I said before, I have Hannah Ferrier from Below Deck Mediterranean. We're going to talk about her final season on the show, what she's up to now, her podcast. It's going to be great, guys. And also, I will be, like I said before, I will be guest guesting on a couple of other Bravo podcasts, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to this one if you don't mind. I'd really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.